It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 9th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And yes, the Orlando Magic are still in the playoffs. And to help us kind of come down off our high and, and, and start focusing in a little bit on more what, what's going to come here in the next week or so. Um, we're joined again by Stuart Hodge. Stuart, how, how, how did you feel watching that game on Sunday night? <sighs> Man, like, honestly, the, the, the thing that hit me, Philip, was the fact that we were playing, like, one of the really good teams in the East. We were on, on their t- surface, on their territory, and I was thinking... You know what, CC, especially at that point towards the end of the second quarter where you're thinking, you know what, it's just shots aren't falling, the hustle's there, the effort's there, but we're up against one of the good teams here. Maybe we're not going to get it done. Then we had that run towards the end of the second quarter and that just shows the heart, the, I don't know, the never-see-die attitude that has been very much the foundation of what this Magic playoff run has been built on. And... I think, for me, what's really good about this conversation that we're having today is it's it's almost framed in such a different way from all of the other conversations we've had because all of the other conversations we've had have been, what what's going to happen in the future? What are we building towards? Blah, blah, blah. But now we can just focus on the here and now. And the, the one thing I will sort of take you to task on is I'm not going to bring you down off anything. Yeah, we're going to have a look at it, but let's enjoy the moment, man. This is an awesome time to be an Orlando Magic fan. Yeah, it, ab- it absolutely is. I mean, you know, I think I, 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 you know, I try to keep some journalistic distance, but but I don't hide that that, that I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I grew up watching this team. I make jokes. You know, I did I did my Magic Mania Jeff Jeff party last night as well during the game, uh, and it was. Oh yeah, I jumped on that hashtag as well. Yeah, yeah. that hashtag was good work, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, if, I'm not I'm not going to miss an opportunity to to enjoy two things that I really enjoy. Um, but um, you know, I. You know, just having, you know, I started going to games to cover this team during the last playoff playoff battle, during the last playoff season in 2012. So, yes, I was there for the Dwight Mayor. Um, so, I, I've really covered this team, like being in the locker room, being around the guys on this team, through all of this. And, and I, I, I've, I'll publicly say this, through all of this hell. Um, it's not fun <laughs> losing. It, it's, it's not fun getting to the last two weeks of the season and just feeling like none of this matters. Let's get this over with and get, get to the, get to the interesting part, which is what happens next because the season had no interest. Just, you know, you, you could tell from talking to the players on the roster, you can tell from being around even the staffers, um, just the, the amount of excitement there is about, about this run. And yes, the magic are, you know, going to be a six or seven seed, maybe six, seven or eight seed, and 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 advancing is a long shot. But you can tell how much this means to everyone. Just just to have this feeling again of 
some sort Absolutely. of success of achieving something. And, and, and I said this on Twitter, and I tagged those players specifically because you know I've I've been around them for so long. For Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon, like mm-hmm. kudos to those guys for for sticking with this franchise, for still believing totally, in, in each other as much as anything else that they could get this job done, that they could be the ones that that got this team over the top through you know through surviving essentially just purge after purge after purge and still finding a way to represent this franchise, this organization, this city the way that they have. You know, I have I know how hard all three of those guys work. Um, you know, I know how easy it is to be critical of them and, and there are times where it's fair to be critical of them and it's you know, you hope it's constructive criticism for the most part, but to to get this accomplishment done, um, you know, for the I, I feel so happy for those guys because because ultimately, you know, it's the players that that do the work, uh, and yeah. and to to see how low this franchise was with them on it and then them as key players on it, and to see them rise above all that and get the job done, um, I, I can't be happier for those guys at, that that they they get to feel a playoff game and get to be in a playoff game and. Um, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing playoff Vucevic and playoff Fournier and playoff Gordon. I'm excited that they're going to have a podium game. One of those guys is going to have a podium game. I'm, I, I'll call that out right now. Um, and, yeah. and it's 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 going to be wild in the Amway Center from from just just I, we're recording this uh, at, at about five thirty five forty five on Monday. I am already seeing tweets from fans that there are no longer multiple seats together available for game three and four that that you yeah. can only buy a single seat you can't buy two seats together for orlando magic playoff games um it's going to be rocking in the amway center and i i cannot wait i cannot wait either and i'm so glad you brought those two names up as well because the thing about that boston game was in the first quarter we had absolutely nothing offensively but our all-star just like it was like an ATM, just constantly money, 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 hook shots, the lot, all of that offensive repertoire that Vuce has got. He's been an absolute stud throughout the year. You cannot you cannot put into words just how big a leap Nikola Vucevic has made, both defensively and in terms of just putting together all of his offensive repertoire consistently, particularly the playmaking side. I think he's the best passing big man outside of Nikola Jokic. That's going to be my call there. Um, in the league, I, I think I think Butchovic has had an absolutely marvelous season. Last time we spoke, Philip, both me and you shared the same view on Evan Fournier, and we both thought, you know what, we love the the loyalty you've shown Evan. We we, we love what you've done for the franchise. You obviously care, but you're in a down season. We're not really believing in you anymore. If there's anyone that we should be moving on at the end of the season, it should be you. Or it was approaching the t- trade deadline at the time. I don't think we would have had any takers, but I think both me and you were of the mind that that should be a contract we should maybe try and get rid of. Evan Fournier has transformed in that time since we had that conversation, so much so that he's now playing fabulous basketball. He looks like all of that stuff that wasn't working for him earlier in the season. He would be sitting, he would be making the wrong decisions, he would hit an off-balance three when he should be driving to the basket, vice versa. All of the wrong decisions were being made. Now he's making the right calls. He's also such a tenacious and almost gnat-like defender for people to deal with. I think 
that Evan Forney has proven himself to me that he belongs as part of this franchise. And as you say, for someone like yourself as well, who's in and around the players and around the, the, the camp and, and the media side of it, you know these guys, you've got a bit of a personal relationship with them. They have shown, they have, they've given a lot to the city of Orlando, they've given a lot to this franchise. It's great to see them finally getting that reward. And it would have been so sad if we'd missed out this year because obviously the, there's going to be a lot and we'll, we'll come on to talk about that in another podcast, I'm sure, decisions in the off-season. Not the time for that now, let's just enjoy the moment. But having these guys get their time in the spotlight with the Orlando Magic, it's time for it. It's well-deserved. And yeah, absolute kudos to those two guys. And Aaron Gordon, still improving, still getting better as a player as well. I'm actually wearing his pinstripe jersey right now as I speak to you. And it's I just love the way that everything's come together, man. I think it's been fantastic. And as you say, a lot of that has been down to the players that have been the bedrock of this franchise for so long now. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I really loved about about the game on Sunday, about how the Magic finished that game. Um, yes, they, they blew a big lead, but they were they were tied at 106. And, you know, I you know, I'm I'm not usually a big believer in like cosmic occurrences or anything, but but I'm also a writer and, and I do see the poetry in, in in life sometimes. And you know, I'm I am someone that that kind of believes that you know your your last game of the season, you know, whenever it comes, tends to sort of be sometimes a microcosm of the year. You, you kind of see you, all that was good. You think about all that was good, but then you you still see some of the bad parts because your season's over and there's there's sadness to it. Um, but but on Sunday, as as the Magic needed to clinch, and I think even Evan Fournier said after the game, once Charlotte beat Detroit, we all kind of realized we had to win this game. We could not leave this to Wednesday night in Charlotte in a most likely do or die game to get into the playoffs. They mm-hmm. could not they could not afford to leave it to that game. They had to win Sunday. So tied at one oh six after giving up a fourteen point lead in the fourth quarter. What did Orlando do? They went to an Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic pick and roll. The, the, I mean, a, a play that probably drives a lot of people crazy, but Evan Fournier is the, guy, is the team's closer, and he's been a great closer all year, uh, despite what people despite think about him. Despite a per year, yeah, the, close, the, the clutch gene has been there. He's, and it's always been there, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't think people give Fournier enough credit for how he closes out games. But on Sunday night... They run a pick and roll for Evan Fournier uh, with Nikola Vucevic. He rounds the corner and there is no one in front of him. He attacks the basket and gets this two-handed jam on, I think it was Aaron Baines, it might have been Daniel Thice, and the Magic are up too. Michael Carter-Williams checks in, gets a block on Jalen Brown's three-pointer. The Magic set up another pick and roll. They set up Vucevic in the post. He dishes it to Aaron Gordon driving down the lane. He gets a layup. The Magic are up four, and that is essentially the game. The Magic go on a 10, I think it was a 10-2 run to finish the game and win 116-108. to 108. Um, The fact that the catalyst, and, and honestly, once Gordon hit that layup to, to put the Magic up four, that's when I knew they were in. That's when I knew it was over. They, they did it. They, they were going to win this game. Uh, and the fact that it was those guys, you know, the guys who, you know, have have been through the pain the longest, who had to get the magic over the finish line and make sure this team was in the playoffs. Um, I find that extremely poetic and and and, and a buildup of all the good karma. And, and frankly, it's not karma. They did it. They made the plays. They made sure the magic got in. Um, I, I I was just. I mean, I'm still over the moon just thinking about it. It was it was it was the perfect way for this team to do it. Yeah, exactly. As you say, it's poetic and. 
I mean, uh, another element of, of the poetic side of it is now Steve Clifford, fired by Charlotte a year ago, he now walks back into that building, having just taken his new team to the playoffs. I mean, that that's obviously an awesome element to it. Um, got to mention some other names there. You mentioned Michael Carter-Williams. We've obviously talking about the, talked about the stalwarts in the team. Now you've got a guy who's come in a couple of 10-day contracts, then signed towards the end of the season. I mean, what an impact Michael Carter-Williams has made. Steve Clifford obviously knew his game well. I remember when he came in, Steve Clifford said he is an elite 9 out of 10 pick-and-roll defender. And yeah, there are limitations offensively, but we are a different team now that he's running that second unit. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, the, the differences that he has made are, are really measurable. I mean, I think I wrote about this on, on uh, over the weekend um, that, that the Magic ha- of, of all the rotation players, obviously smaller sample size, but the Magic have their best on-court net rating with Carter Williams on the floor. Um, just he, he gets the team playing at a faster pace. His defense is legitimately very, very good. Uh, he's able to get into the paint and get and cause the defense to collapse around him, even though he's not really a threat to score. And the Magic put him in lineups that allow him to succeed with Evan Fournier, with Terrence Ross, with Aaron Gordon, with guys that can score around him so he has options to pass to. He's not you know, playing in kind of a dead lineup like the lineups the Magic were playing a little bit earlier in the season off the bench. Um, you know, Orlando's uh, Steve Clifford deserves a lot of credit it took him a little time, but he found the right rotation, the right combinations to really make sure there was a balance between the two. But, you know, since the All-Star break, I think the Orlando Magic have like the sixth or seventh best bench in the league by net efficiency rating. Um, it, it's a humongous turnaround. The Magic were like 23rd before the All-Star break. Um, Orlando just just found the spark off the bench, and Carter Williams has, has, has been a huge difference, especially on the defensive end for that group. Let's take a quick break here for just a moment so I can tell you all about WISE. WISE is the indoor camera that does it all. WISE is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. You get 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, two-way audio, the works. WISE's mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. Check on your home anytime with WISE's app, with the WISE app's Live stream, connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus with live stream with eight times digital zoom. You also get free rolling 14 day cloud storage. No subscription needed with the wise, with the wise camera and the wise app for just $20 per camera. You can do anything. I don't own a home personally, but if I did, I'd want to know, you know, I'm waiting for a package. You know, I get, I get, I get those. One of those, one of those meal delivery services, which, which you know, if you want to advertise on this show, you know, meal delivery service, you uh, just, just, just let me know, and 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 I would be happy to cook your food and 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 extol how awesome your food is. But you know, I I, I never know when those when those deliveries are going to come. You know, I could be at work. I, you know, I I sometimes will drive to work knowing that I'll have to come back on my lunch break to make sure that food gets into the fridge before it it goes bad. I've I've had that happen before. Um, I've had frozen food melt. If I had the wise cam on my front door looking down, I could see exactly when that package gets there. You could do so much stuff like that. Watch your kids while you're not at home. You make sure they're doing their homework. Little Billy, I see you not doing your playing video games. I know that 2K League contract's out there. But you got to do your homework, kid. You can do bird watching, watch food simmer while you're in the other room, um, watch your water softener. I don't, know what that is, but it's a thing. 
uh, watch plants grow through time lapse. That's a fun video to make. And watch anything that's going on in your home at any time. That's the beauty of the Wise camera. Want more? They got that too. For just $10 more, Wise Cam Pan gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast. Your camera should too. It's got 110 degree per second rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range, and a 93 degree vertical range. You can patrol your room with pan scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints, and it will track the action. The Wise Cam Pan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy. Works with Alexa too, makes life easy. You got the free app on your phone, free rolling 14-day cloud storage as well that, that keeps the footage for up to 14 days or as long as you want, but only 14 days. I, I, I think that's how it works. This phone, this thing works with your mobile phone from anywhere. It is a great app. It is a great service, a great camera, a, a great value, honestly. So go to wise.com. That's W-Y-Z-E, wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price for your wise camera today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, I'm going to ask one of my questions to you now because it's been a, I've enjoyed the discussion so far, but you know I like to put you on the spot when I can. So what I'm going to ask you now, Phil, is tell me what you consider if you were to pick three key defining factors in the turnaround of this team from last year to this, what would those three factors be? I think that obviously the first factor is Steve Clifford and the approach that, that he took to this to this team. Um, I think that he came in with with uh, an idea of how to really build a culture. Um, you know, I think, and I, I think he hates those words. Um, I know Jeff Weltman hates those words, <laughs> but but yes. th- there's no way to really there's no way for us journalists to describe it other in, in any other way. So so I mean I, I think really is th- what we call culture is is a product of the work, uh, and I think that you know Frank Vogel he isn't a bad coach, but he's not a culture setter. Um, you know I think he came in refreshed some ideas uh, with the Indiana Pacers and, and they grew with him from there. But but when they kind of had to retool and rebuild, he struggled a little bit. Steve Clifford, what he did in Charlotte is exactly what he's done in Orlando. He's, you know, he hasn't talked about like an end result or an end goal. He talked about getting better as the season went on. That was always the goal. Whenever he talked about what the team's goals were, it was we're going to be better in January than we are in November. We're going to be better in March than we are in January. And I think we can all agree that, yes, this team is playing its best basketball as the season has worn on. It has gotten better Absolutely as the season right. went on. Uh, and, and I think that's a real credit to the work that Steve Clifford did. He got this team to really believe in what he was teaching them. Um, and even though the results weren't coming early, even though there were a lot of struggles, um, this team really stuck with it and believed that that what Clifford was preaching was going to work and was going to get them there. And they, And then they went out and did it. 
Um, and, and and that goes to every player. I mean, that goes to you know getting Nikola Vucevic back in the post. That goes to getting Nikola Vucevic to play better defense. That goes to uh, be making helping Aaron Gordon become a better playmaker and defender. That goes to Jonathan Isaac slowly becoming more involved in the offense and and a much bigger offensive threat. That goes to Wessa Wundu becoming a legitimate three point option in in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's just it's those little things that kept building up and building up that that Clifford just kept hammering home that finally made the damn break and 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 then you could just see the confidence flowing as they were getting the results from all their hard work. Um, that's the, I mean I, that encompasses a lot of things for sure. Um, but it it, it it I I really think that's been the big difference between this year and last year is Steve Clifford changed a complete focus identity culture whatever you want to call it. He changed the whole outlook about this team. Uh, and and deserves you know the players deserve credit for believing and working on it and and doing it. But Clifford set the blueprint out and the magic followed it. Yeah, and the on court interview after the victory against Boston, I think it was Evan said it might have been Vucevic. Um, they said Steve Clifford's the man that's responsible for the turnaround. So I think I think that's that's obviously quite quite a sort of fairly obvious choice as factor number one. But if there were two other factors you think played into it, what would those be? Um. Yeah. I think a lot. I think Vucevic is, is a huge part of it. Honestly, um, I think that um, I think that the Magic, you know, really trusted him to be the guy, and I don't think they've really done that at all during his time in Orlando. To be honest, um, I think that you know there's always someone else that was the focus, whether it was Victor Oladipo or Tobias Harris or whoever. Vucevic was putting numbers was putting numbers up. But he wasn't the guy. They weren't running their offense through him. And, you know, we, we all kind of chuckled about it in the media uh, um, when, when, when Clifford would say this early in the season. But, you know, Clifford, Clifford was always, you know, when we were in Charlotte, Vucevic was always the number one guy on our scouting report. You knew you had to prepare for him. He's really solid. You know, he's a, a great, great passer, which we, which we knew he was a great passer. But the Magic really unleashed him by playing through him a lot more. Um, and I think they gave him the full power to be the number one option on the team. And that turned out to be the best decision for the offense. Um, I would also give a lot of credit to Vucevic defensively. Uh, he played, his defense is still a work in progress for sure. And, and it, at this point, it's probably not a work in progress. It probably is what it is. But he played more focused defense than he's ever played, than he's ever played in his career. Um, I think that he did a really good job kind of helping direct guys where the team wanted to go, a more consistent, coherent defensive strategy and defense behind him really helped him out to make decisions and be more decisive about guarding guys on the ball. Um, and and you know, it's something I noticed all year long, and I think it's dropped off a little bit, and I'd like to see pick back up for the playoffs, hopefully. Um, Vucevic, you know, is surprisingly long. I know we talk a lot about Isaac and Gordon and Bamba's length. Vucevic is no slouch either. And I think he did a really good job learning where to place his hands to kind of make up, place his hands and arms to make up for some of that that maybe athleticism speed gap that he has. And, and when the Magic were really rolling defensively, Vucevic was at the center of that defense. And, you know, you would I would have never believed it last year if you would have told me this. Nikola Vucevic is the starting center of a top 10 defensive team in this league. Yeah, and he's a big part of that, which cannot be underestimated. I think, as you say... He's got a bit more canny just about in terms of where he puts his hands, how he uses his body and, and just the way he sees the game both on both ends of the floor. And I, I think that has been a factor. I'm going to give you one more. Factor number three. 
Factor number three, uh, you know, I, I like, I always say that like the biggest source of improvement you can get on any roster is internal improvement. But, uh, you know, I think a big factor for the Magic has been how the Magic's, you know, draft picks really took steps up as the season went on. And, and you know, I could talk, I could talk about Aaron Gordon, his stuff is well chronicled, but Jonathan Isaac, when he, he figured something out in January, like the light switch just kind of clicked on for him. Where you know you he, are he's, so right, man. By was, the way, Jonathan Isaac is, I think, one of the most intriguing prospects oh, anywhere is. in the league. I, I am, I am, st- I am still on the boat of. I, I honestly, I think he is going to come back next year, a completely different player, and, and in a good way, like a significantly better player. And, and honestly, it's still going to come down to Isaac, kind of forcing himself into the game. You know, I, I, I think I, I just did a podcast where I said, if the Magic wants success in the playoffs, Isaac's presence needs to be felt. If, if the Magic want to steal a game, steal, steal a second game, or threaten to win a series, Jonathan Isaac needs to be a factor every game. Defensively, offensively, one way or another, his presence needs to be felt in the game. And that's, you know, Evan Fournier said it before the season. Jonathan Isaac is our X factor. Um, and, and in January, like right when he hit that kind of 82-game mark um, of, of his career, um, he played maybe 20 straight games. You know, he, he finally started to feel confident in his body, I think, was, was a big thing. He, he, he survived an ankle in, a sprained ankle early in the season, missed six or seven games, but he, he certainly started to feel confident in his body that he could play at the NBA level. And all of a sudden, you could just see that light switch, you know, flick. Um, he, was, he was starting to defend at a, at a high level that we knew he could defend at. Um, you know, honestly, one of my favorite, favorite possessions of the entire season, something I'm going to remember about this season for all time, is, is on Friday against the Hawks, when Jonathan Isaac knocked the ball away from Torian Prince three times on one possession. Yeah, man. That was just, so I, was, I was just like, I was all into that possession. That was just, uh, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my fingers just loving that possession because it, it was so good. That's that's Jonathan Isaac, and, and you can just feel that confidence in him. And, and and the other possession, of course, the three blocks on John Collins in one possession. I mean, that game Friday, it did not look like John Collins wanted to be anywhere near the paint when Jonathan Isaac was in the game. <laughs> um, but uh, Isaac also got more confident with the shot, too. And you could just see this with a lot of the younger players and a lot of the Magic's finds, that they would get better and more confident as the season went on. Wes Wundu wasn't in the rotation to start the season. He, you know, Jonathan Simmons struggled a lot, but Wandu got himself in the rotation and never let go of that spot and got better as the season went on, got more confident and comfortable with his three-point shot. And when he could take it, is he a good three-point shooter yet? The stats say he's okay. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's there where he's just willing to shoot no matter what, but he's getting closer to that and he's making shots at a consistent rate. And believe me, when we get to the playoffs, he's going to have open threes. Teams are going to dare him to shoot and he's going to have to make those shots if that bench unit's going to survive much. Um, and then you get a guy like Isaiah Briscoe, who unfortunately won't be with the team in the playoffs, but um, when he's played some spot minutes in December, he looked really, really, really rough. Um, like he wasn't ready for the NBA speed yet. He comes in in January and frankly changes the season. Um, his his entering the rotation and just being a wrecking ball on defense, just being a complete pesk on defense, really changed the season. And you wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed that he would do that with how he played in November and December and the minutes that he got. So just internal improvement is so vital to the success of any team. And, you know, I think a guy like Isaac's going to get a lot better. I think a guy like Gordon's going to get a lot better. 
Um, you know, we've obviously got Mobamba, who I thought was making some real big strides right before his injury. I think, you know, he'll get better when he's healthy. And of course, you have Markel Fultz, who's the biggest mystery of them all for next year. Um, internal improvement is still the biggest way this team is going to get better next year. But that is what makes this exciting, Philip, is we are now at a stage where we have so many good young players or players that do at least have some some semblance of a ceiling. I mean, as you say, false is a complete mystery, but every one of the other names that you mentioned, you can see discernible improvement is going to be going to be possible there and I would think with Markel Fultz if he can get anything near the kind of player he was in college even if the shot doesn't get back to what it was he's still an absolute menace in terms of his ability to drive his ability to playmaking there's a lot there to work with but we are now at a stage with the Orlando Magic which we've not been at in previous years under the Rob Hennigan era how many times were we saying oh if only we'd done this if only we'd done that why are these players not getting any better there was just, I mean, you, you use the word culture as much as Coach Cliff and Jeff Weltman might hate it. I, I think that has to be underlined because we are now at a stage with the Orlando Magic where we have a culture of improvement, we have a culture of development, and we have a young roster packed with players who have the ability to improve their game. Jonathan Isaac is the one that excites us right now because he's the one that, that we're getting to see most of. He's now... A decent threat from three. He's getting confident with it. The the action seems to be quite... He's, he's confident taking the shot. And he's also his decision-making is good as to when to take it. That's something that's coming. He's still not very strong in terms of his body. He can start... There was a possession against Boston where he was flying towards the rim. And I think it might have been Marcus Morris bumped him onto the deck. And you're thinking next year, maybe not next year, but definitely the year after, Jonathan Isaac's just going to bulldoze through that to the rim. And once he starts doing that, he's going to be a crazy threat in this league, both offensively, and we already know he's an absolute defensive juggernaut. So that's an exciting one. You've got Markel Fultz, who could be absolutely amazing or the biggest bust in draft history. So that's that's intriguing. Aaron Gordon is interesting. Obviously, he was an... A, a supreme athlete entering the league but he's now I would say he's a very competent three-point shooter we've seen his playmaking improve he's doing a lot less of that sort of driving into off-balance shots he seems to have his shots that he likes and he goes to those more often which is good um, defensively Gordon has always had the potential to be a very good player he's always been decent and a coach like Steve Clifford is bringing the best out in him with that now and there are other names in the roster that you could obviously go into to speak about as well. We've got a lot there that we can work with. Mo Bamba, still a bit of a mystery to me, Mo Bamba. I, I, think, I think he's going to be a really good player. I just hope that he can put together all of the potential that he's got. But it's still very, very early days for him. And the other thing is, I like how we're not rushing these guys. It's like, you're injured, take your time, heal your body. And that has been seen, that that patience has been brought to bear with what we've seen with Jonathan Isaac. He had that ankle injury earlier in the season, did rush him back, and now he's confident in his body, and now he's he's doing things that he wouldn't have done if he'd been rushed back too early and maybe broken down again. So I think all of that stuff, that culture of improvement and development, that's why it's now exciting to be an Orlando Magic fan again, because we, we, we're only going to get better from here. It's going to take a, a very serious misstep from the franchise to to 
to make an error that, that sends us back a step from this point. I feel that we are now at a stage as Orlando fans and as, as media looking at the franchise where we can say there's something to be watched here. And I think you'll see around the league after we enter the playoffs, I think there's going to be more interest in Orlando as a franchise and a market again from the NBA in general. Jonathan Isaac's going to turn heads in the playoffs, I'm sure. And I think Orlando generally, regardless of how it goes, will will actually make an impact that makes people sit up and say, well, you know what? They didn't just lock into it. Because I think, I think Orlando have flown under the radar quite a lot. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. They've completely flown under the radar. I think people are still kind of surprised to hear that they've clinched a playoff spot, that they're, that they're in the field. Um, I, I think when people looked at the standings, even on, on, on ESPN, like you'd hear Michelle Beadle go, oh, Orlando's in six. And then they'd immediately start talking about Brooklyn or, and, and Detroit and, and the other teams and even Miami because I think there, there's a narrative push to get Dwayne Wade into the playoffs his, his last year. Um, oh, really? A uh, little bit. I hadn't little bit, noticed, little bit. man. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, I think the Magic flew completely under the radar. I mean, they're, I think they're a team that's uh, been lost in the wilderness again. And, and I think there's still this perception that they're, you know, not, they don't have all their ducks in a row. I mean, I think I still, you know, I still see, see still hear from people who are like, oh, the Magic aren't anything. They're not going to make it. They, they don't, you know, they, they traded away those guys. And I have to just gently remind them, they fired the guys that made those mistakes. This is new management. They figured, they're, they're, it looks like they figured some stuff out. Um, but, uh, you know, the only way to get respect in this league is to win. The Magic making the playoffs proves that they're a playoff team again, or a playoff caliber team again. I don't want to say they're a playoff team every year quite yet. Um, and that changes perception about you. That changes perceptions about players. Um, if Evan Fournier goes out there and has a killer playoffs, all you know, we talked about that contract being unmovable. All of a sudden, maybe there's a market there. If, if you know, Aaron Gordon goes out there and kills it in the playoffs, you know, now you're thinking about him in a different light again. Um, you know, the playoffs change a lot of perceptions about things, and just the fact the Magic will be on national TV a little bit, unless they play the Raptors, and they'll be on NBA TV a lot. But um, yeah, and if they do play the Raptors, they'll be the NBA TV series. I have no doubt about that. Um, yeah. But but uh, um, just being on national TV again, um, they'll they'll play their first national TV game of the season on Wednesday against the Hornets. Um, just being in the spotlight, even for just a little bit. Having the inside the NBA crew talk about your series, even if it's inevitable you're going to lose. I mean, just just being a pest, even in the first round, can change a lot of perceptions about the team moving forward uh, around the league, just on how people talk about them. And yeah, I think executives are liable to that thinking too. Um, they know all these players already, but they don't know how they play under this pressure. And honestly, the way the Magic have played the last few weeks under this pressure has been really impressive. And I think we need to, you know shed that kind of tanking mentality of the world's falling apart around us and believe, no, this team's going to get the job done. They've done it plenty of times this year. Let's take this time now to remind you that you can da- you can download the Locked On Magic podcast now on the Himalaya app. I've been telling you for forever that you can subscribe to the Locked On Magic podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and your listening device. That now includes the Himalaya app. But I have not done a good job explaining what Himalaya is. And that's on me because you really should know about this app, about this site. In an ever-expanding world of podcasts, the Himalaya app personally curates playlists of shows, shows that you will like and new features every day directly onto your phone. It is a great way to discover new podcasts, find related stories, and yes, 
listen to Locked On Magic, as well as the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Definitely, definitely, definitely download Himalaya at your app store today. Subscribe to Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the Locked On Podcast Network and get your your podcast in your feed every single day. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And on that point, Steve Clifford in the locker room after the game against Boston, he implored the guys to think bigger. Think that you can go out and you can cause an upset in the playoffs. And I think that's the kind of positive message that you obviously want to hear from a coach. But it doesn't sound just like an empty platitude of of sorts. It sounds like words that he's imploring those guys to believe. And the thing is, Orlando is going into the playoffs without any pressure. We know that we can play well. We know that we can play well under pressure. So we can now go out there and hopefully enjoy it. That's what we've got to hope. We've got to hope that the likes of Evan Forney and Nikola Vucevic go into this without pressure and just enjoying the moment, enjoying the occasion. Because I think that's the I think that's the difference for, for, for a lot of players is that if they struggle under pressure, then they, it can cause them to wilt when the when the pressure grows to its maximum. But as I say, Orlando are going into this with the freedom to go out and play and go out and enjoy the moment. And hopefully that do as well with that in mind just how big do you think we can think um realistically or pie in the sky because pie in the sky you know you're oh and oh you're you're 16 wins away from winning the championship just like everyone else are you going to do that no um but um I, I think that orlando a realist a realistic goal for orlando is absolutely no doubt you got to get one game and if it's game three at home, even better. If you can get both game three and four and give the home crowd like something to really buzz about, even better. Um, you know, I think I think the Magic's main goal, um, this baseline goal, like not even not even like the thing you reach for, but the the thing you've just got to do to make this playoff trip a success. Get a game from whoever you're playing. Win one game. Force a game five. Make make the other team think and sweat a little bit. Be just be a pest. Be, I mean, even if it's a Five game series, gentleman sweep. All five games are close. You know, you really showcase what you can do, how dangerous you can be if you just had a little bit more experience or just a, a, that that last little that last guy that you need. Um, I think that's that's really the main goal for this team. And and, and I you know I I want to see to Steve Clifford here and say I don't think we should put expectations on this team. 
Um, they, they, they are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to get better with every game. I think that remains the goal, of course. Um, but the Magic just the Magic have to have a. I think the Magic have to have a respectable showing. Don't get swept. Get a game. Have a rock and Amway Center that that's really tough to play in. If you can get both games, game three and four at the Amway Center, even better. Make that other team sweat, no matter no matter how you have to do it. Yeah, I think that's got to be the aim. Last one from me, my friend, just to wrap us up. Who do you want to get out of the the potential teams that we could play? Um, I I'm still going back and forth on this. That the, the one answer that I do have: avoid Milwaukee at all costs. I, I don't care. I don't care about anything else. Don't play the Bucks. Um, they're really good. I don't know if you've heard. They've got the best record in the NBA. They've got the probable MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yep. They're really good. I don't think the Magic match up well with them at all. They got a center who can shoot, so you take Vucevic out of the paint. They got Giannis Antetokounmpo, which despite all of Aaron Gordon's best efforts, it's going to have a difficult time defending. Um, they've got... Eric Bledsoe, who just bulldozes DJ Augustin whenever he's guarded again, guarding guarding him. They have Chris Middleton. They they just have a lot of really good weapons and, and no easy matchup for the Magic. Um, so Milwaukee is is really the the guy is really the team I would look to avoid more than anyone else. Between Toronto and Philadelphia, I'm kind of up in the air. I, I think Toronto really showed the Magic what's up in a uh, in that game last week in Toronto. Um, I think that the, the Raptors really exposed a lot of how they're going to attack the Magic in that series, and I don't think we saw playoff Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I do think he takes his game to another level, even though Aaron Gordon's done very good on him, and Jonathan Isaac's done very good on Pascal Siakam. I don't think it's a sweep. I think the Magic give them a series. Um, but Toronto, there's a little bit of an unknown in Toronto that, that kind of creeps me out a little bit or, or scares me a little bit. Um, if I'm Orlando... I try to get that six seed. It's not that I think Orlando can beat Philadelphia, um, but I think that Philadelphia is a better matchup for Orlando. Yes, the Sixers have a lot of weapons, but they employ a, a somewhat more traditional like lineup matchup-wise. Aaron Gordon plays well against Ben Simmons. Um, Jonathan Isaac can, can guard Tobias Harris. Uh, you know, DJ Augustin can chase around J.J. Redick. Uh, Evan Fournier can, can hold his own against Jimmy Butler. Nikola Vucevic and Joel Embiid have exchanged big games against each other. Um, yes, there there are a lot of weapons that the Sixers can employ and that the Sixers can use against Orlando, and they're by no means easy. But their bench is really shallow and it's really weak. And Orlando's bench is one of the strongest, so I think that Orlando uh, can can take advantage a little bit of that. Um, even though benches will be tightened a little bit, um, and Orlando played Philadelphia close in every game that they played. They blew him out in the most recent matchup. Um, I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call for the Sixers, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in that one. Um, but Philadelphia is kind of a little bit of dis- in disarray still. So they're still figuring out how to play with each other. Um, and so if Orlando can play like they did in the four matchups that they've had against the Sixers this year, um, I think Orlando has a real chance to, to, to be a little bit of a better, a little bit of a, 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 a tougher team to play against than, than Philadelphia is willing to bargain for. Um, you know, how much you put stock in, in regular season when you get to the playoffs— I don't know. We know Embiid can take his game to another level. We know Simmons can take his game to another level. We know Jimmy Butler can take his game to another level. Um, having J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris playing in Orlando in the playoffs, probably some revenge game stuff going on there. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I, 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 I don't want to say I favor Philadelphia over Toronto, 
Um, I don't want to say I favor Toronto over Philadelphia. Um, I, I do think Orlando probably matches up a little bit better with Philadelphia than Toronto. Um, but I think Orlando can give both an equally tough series. I'm not saying to win. I'm just saying a tough series. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I appreciate that. I'm kind of with you as well. I've gone back and forth. I wanted the Raptors before uh, we, we played them last. And then I thought, nah, 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 I'd rather take Philadelphia. We've done a bit better against them this year. I agree with you. I think the second unit thing could be really bit big against Philly because I, I think our second unit is really strong. I think it's, it's one of those teams where whatever one of the starters is on the floor with them, it's almost like they know how to play to the strengths of whatever five men are out there at that time. Um, Ken Birch, by the way, who we've not mentioned, I think he's had a fabulous season. I think he's been really, really good. Proper, old-school style centre, really strong rebounder, good defender, gets a few blocks, and he's been really good in and around the basket, scoring. Surprisingly so. If he can learn to take his time over hitting his second free throw when he gets a couple, then... (laughs) I mean, I think he's a very serviceable player in this league. And another example and exemplar of the the culture we were talking about of player improvement, because he's another one that's taken his game to another level this year. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think probably leaning towards Philadelphia at the moment, but I think either way, we've just got to enjoy the moment, man. Orlando's a playoff team once again. And I think that is something that, I think we both predicted around the 35-win mark in our podcast at the start of the season, and um, they've surpassed all expectations. We're at least a 500 team, and uh, congratulations to everyone involved. What a great time to to be following the organization. Yeah, def- it definitely is. It's it's a real exciting time uh, for the Magic. Uh, you know, you, you take this moment, take today to enjoy it because there's no NBA games, um, but. You know, you get back to work tomorrow. You get ready for game Wednesday. There's still there's still plenty to play for. Actually, the NBA just released a, a chart with all the seeding scenarios for the Magic. The Magic are going to be the sixth or seventh seed in the Eastern Conference in all likelihood. Um, you know, in all likelihood, um, there's still a lot of games to be played though, and obviously a, a lot to, a lot that they can they can battle they can battle with. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely a lot to look forward to still with just one game left. That's absolutely right, my man. Thanks for having us on again, Phil. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, my friend. Absolutely, Stuart. Uh, tell everyone where, where they could find where they could find you and find your work. Yes. So, in terms of hoops writing, I'm one of these sports writers and broadcasters that does a, a heterogeneous assortment of different things. However, um, in terms of hoops, I write for Sky Sports NBA, who are the broadcaster that covers the league in the UK. Um, you will have seen me doing my uh, Magic TV challenge in the office there. Uh, if you go on my Twitter, which you can find at Hodgie the Hack, that's H O D G E Y T H E H A C K, Hodgie the Hack. And uh, yeah, that's where you'll find me. And if you want to ask me any questions or anything like that, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, def- definitely do that. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and any listening device. You can also find us on the Himalaya app as well to get podcasts delivered directly to your podcast listening device, including Locked on Magic and the rest of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find me again on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Stuart, for myself uh, of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, 
Uh, this has been Philip Rostenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 